Hello. That was perfect. (laughs) Now we have our open. And that opening is a little glimpse as the of the smooth sailings that we're going to be talking about in our special today. And I'm I am bursting at the seams. Every button on me is threatening to be shot off in an opposite direction because this is maybe our first brothers and sisters salute to the north. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Toronto, Canada, baby. I'm talking about maple syrup. I'm talking about Blue Jays baseball. I'm talking about nice, nice people that can speak two languages. Because today we are talking about the opening of the Sky Dome. (laughs) Yes, a celebration. And you you were talking about your brothers and sisters from the north, but for me that's a different uh, we have a different relationship. Me living in Florida. Oh, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the official position of you as a Floridian and Canadians. Well, I just mean the North in general. Oh, right. You call every state north of Florida the loyal opposition. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The great unwashed. Yep. And the limousine liberals. And I've got one thing to say about all of those. Uh, Basically, I call everyone Coastians. <laughs> everyone, everyone above, they're from the liberal coast, elite coast. Um, and I have one thing to say to them, and that is, we will rise again, <laughs> but not before we subjugate all women and LGBTQ people and black people. Now, you also call the entire peninsula of Florida the the only conservative coast. Oh yeah, anything from yes, and anything from Georgia up, I consider Canada. <laughs> so, in that sense, you're correct. Then, yeah, I I can see why you it's didn't last that long as a school teacher. Oh no, down here, I was I taught down here. You were a professor down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, emeritus. He <laughs> said, "Finally, one of the good ones." Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, however, to bring it around, we are talking about, as you said, nothing short of a total celebration of the opening of the Sky Dome in 1989. Now, maybe... And what city? In Toronto, What city in province? Province, okay. Do you uh, have the... the longitude code? and latitude? The code? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't. Any other missives okay. that you want to ask me about? <laughs> a... <laughs> province i shamedly don't know that much about um i know how to do an impression of canadians Mm. this should be in line with all the other warmly received material you've done so far let's hear it you ready Mm -hmm. dexter morgan (laughs) that was a great callback is now to some episode was it just that one actor on Dexter who is Canadian or is Dexter a, a Canadian heavy show? No, um, no one's Canadian. Everyone's from Miami. He's he's Puerto Rican, I think. I don't know if he's Colombian. Oh, I don't know what okay. he is, <laughs> but he's American. But I don't know what his heritage is. But <laughs> 
No, uh, this is hmm. my real Canadian accent. Uh, um, mm-hmm. This is my impression. Okay. Mike Mice. Dexter Morgan. There you go. There you go. A. <laughs> you got to say A, and you have to say the boot thing, right? Yeah, I will say uh, during watching the special, this is one of those specials, and I won't comment on them, but I will say there were commercials included in the one I was watching, and a woman in the middle mm-hmm. of one of the pitches said, "That's what we're all about," and I leapt with joy. I love and you have that thing that you you're always afraid you're not going to hear it. And she knew that America's would one day mock this, so she played it up. She like really hit that boot really hard. Well, Canadians always have that self-effacing thing where they, they figure that you're going to make light of it and they're, they're, they're okay with that. You know, Hey, we, we get it. You know, we can't all be California girls, you know? (laughs) Um, my, any impression I do of Canada is really from the show Fargo, which is really unfair to Canada, I guess. But, um, this, this, um, I'm okay. I will allow commercial talk because I think this is the only way you can see it. Okay. (laughs) I I wish to God I had taken more notes then. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) We'll be talking about this two-hour special without the uh, addition of commercial talk. Well, can I can I clue the listeners in on to what the hell Sky Dome is? <laughs> we've been talking about it for a minute. I certainly had you. I I can't thank you enough for recommending us watch this because I had no idea this was out there. I was not aware of Sky Dome. You put this on my little virtual desk, and I'm so glad you did. Sky Dome was the world's first retractable dome stadium. I mean, you could play in rain or shine, and when you're in a country, a country, when you're in a place like Toronto, it's uh, very important that you can be covered up if you want to be doing a lot of stuff outside. This all came to be because in uh, 1982, I want to say there was a, a game called the Grey Cup. What a fun name, huh, for a football scrimmage <laughs> the gray cup <laughs> um, it was a, a big deal it was televised it was the largest television audience in canada over eight million viewers i guess that's good in canada and it was a thunderous rainstorm um you know this big ballyhooed event it was a big deal the the premier of ontario was there and it was seen as a bit of a embarrassment to everybody that you were watching fans cower under the uh, rainstorm and the lightning storm under the concession stands. And they said, this will not stand. We need to build this retractable dome stadium. That's going to put us on the map. So uh, years and years and years <laughs> later... After a lot of political back and forth that I'm not going to get into, this thing is finally completed in 1989. Uh, initially, they thought it was going to cost about $150 million, and it wound up costing over $570 million, which today is over a billion. And, worth it. Uh, we're totally worth it. Uh, and it didn't have a name for. Did you read about the naming of the Sky Dome? How we got this this name? 
No. Well, there was a contest because originally they called it the Ontario uh, Stadium Project or the Toronto okay. Domed Stadium. Uh, but they had a naming contest. They narrowed it down to four choices. Okay. Tower Dome, Harbor mm. Dome, Sky mm-hmm. Dome, and mm-hmm. the Dome. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> now, the final selection was Sky Dome, and over 2,000 people uh, sent in the name Sky Dome because it's not that clever. And they picked <laughs> one winner, Miss Kelly Watson. And uh, let's see what she won. She won uh, two tickets, a lifetime seating of her choice at Sky Dome. Still honored to this day. Kelly can go in are and you, pick any seat she wants. Are you doing a Canadian accent right now? Oh, I'm sorry. I slip into my native tongue sometimes. I watch so <laughs> sometimes when I watch like a British <laughs> movie, I go, oh, governor, oh, I love, oh, get off me crumpets. And then if I watch something oh, Canadian. Oh, the Doritos Locos, Tacos. Of course, if she catches me in this closet, I'm a hooligan <laughs> in a mulligan. <laughs> She'll have me knickers and stern. And stern. So they decided it's been so long building this thing and it's such a big deal. It's so expensive. We need to have a giant blowout celebration of this thing finally opening. And this this place, by the way, is huge. The record attendance in it was almost 70,000 people, <laughs> which is a lot of people. <laughs> That's if there's also people st- uh, standing on the the field or on the floor if they have like the concrete down. Generally it's around uh, 50,000 people are in this thing and uh, they had a celebration and they were going to televise it to North America, to all of Canada. This was going to be a big deal. Two hours. Of course you want to front load it with all the Canadian talent you have and who better (laughs) to start your show then Mr. Alan Thick, Canada's own. Al Thick. Um, really quickly, did did they say what the girl won? She oh, won two, tic- was two tickets for a lifetime. Two, for a lifetime, okay. Yeah. Does she still go? Do you know? Have you have you interviewed her? Yeah. God, I tried calling. Okay. I tried calling. I'm really, really sorry. I couldn't get a hold of her. And um the, do you think they've made their money back? Yeah. Well, when we get to the end of this program, I can answer that question for you, too. <laughs> awesome. Great. <laughs> Let's start with the glory days. Okay. Um, now, we've talked about opening numbers before, and we've talked about probably the, the longest opening number we've seen if we watch a, one of these uh, specials was, remember the MTV Music Video Awards that had that Michael Jackson medley? At the oh, top, yeah. and we were like, that was oh, the longest. That was so long. Oh, how long do you think that was? <clears throat> was it like fourteen minutes or something? Oh, was it that long? I remember it was I a longy. It, okay, maybe it was. Um, well, the thing is, if that was fourteen or fifteen minutes, that was a medley of different songs. This, however, <laughs> is a bit different because they decided to have an opening number that was one song. And this song goes on 
for over 10 minutes. Yes. Uh, it is sung <laughs> by Alan Thicke and Andrea Martin from SCTV. And uh, do you want to just have this playing underneath us while we talk about it? Is that okay? Or is it going to be sure. too distracting? Yeah. Okay. Ladies and yeah, gentlemen, blast it Mr. Too, so, Alan so that people have a hard time hearing Andrea Martin. Is this the last gasp of being able to do this kind of song unironically? Is this the, are we watching the last moment? Is this the second tower falling on doing something like this with sincerity? No, this happens every day at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not ended. We should say, so, <laughs> watching, oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, there are uh, hundreds of adults in shiny little outfits bopping along. Um, and Alan Thick and Andrea are, are just kind of racing from one side of the stage to the other. This stage is very strange. It looks like a space tarmac. Um, there's no grass on the field like a sports show. It's all like paved. And then in the middle, it looks like the top of an aircraft carrier. Also, this place is um, <laughs> lit like a grocery store. There's no like stage lighting. It's yeah, all just fluorescent lights that are on. It's It always looks like it's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> okay. When does... Is this Andrea Martin's last part of the show? Uh, she comes out at the very, very end, but they're not co-hosts. It's Alan Thicke for the whole thing, basically. Okay, okay. Um, we should also say the baseball, the Blue Jays have come out now, and they're singing Take Me Out to the Sky Dome. <laughs> and it looks like uh, the gangs from um, the Warriors movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they're all coming out and- in, you know, in sync. Now they're singing about how opera stars are going to perform here. Did they ever? Eh, probably not. <laughs> I, I know that there were some uh, concerts that came through here. Most people, after the first year or two, asked to not play here because the acoustics were so horrible because you are literally in a big echoing piece of concrete and steel. <laughs> it's yeah. like playing in a massive bathroom. Yeah. Um, now it's a also big, like uh vehicle assembly building. In NASA. Yes. yes. It looks like the, the Ford factory <laughs> after they cleared all the machines out it has all the romance of a closed <laughs> industrial 
complex. I should also probably say that you are, of course, listening to Network Special, the only podcast you need to listen to oh, to uh, hear about the golden age of appointment-based television. We need to watch what was on when it was on. But now, thanks to the magic of the internet, you can watch these sort of programs again and again. My name is, of course, Zachariah. I'm here with my co-host, too. I don't even remember. All right. And who's in the booth? Uh... <laughs> What's my line again? <laughs> What's important is now the football players are on the... <laughs> now they're singing uh, Blocking in the Rain, they're football is there, players. And, is uh, there anything funnier than football twinkle toes? <laughs> they have the football players all playing characters who have brain damage. They're kind of like, <laughs> da, there we go, we're playing football. <laughs> Must have been a big thrill to all the football players out there. Uh, okay, this this song literally goes on for 10 minutes solid, which will be a bit of a motif in this evening. If you think something can't go longer, it, it will. Just stick, uh, stick around. Just imagine being there. No, thanks. Uh, you can hear <laughs> the, go the audience's goodwill kind of dissipate throughout the evening. Uh, no. Oh, I, you know, I almost fired past this. <laughs> How could I end talking about this segment without talking about the fact that at the end there is the world's longest kick line performed? Oh. And they're almost is? in position. In, uh, yeah, yeah. They're almost wow. in sync with each other. Remember, because they show uh, interviews with all the people who were in the kick line, and they are just so happy to be there. Those are my favorite kinds of interviews. People, no-name people, that I have no connection to whatsoever. You have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then we go to the... (laughs) Our host for the evening, who immediately says... All right, uh, so, uh, hey, it's a it's a great night to be under the dome because it's raining like crazy. As you can see, maybe when we were watching that opening number, um, there are leaks. There are leaks in the roof, <laughs> and you can see when they're dancing around, it looks like God has just been spitting on the field, just big blobs <laughs> of water. That's how you know it's a Canadian production, because a Canadian will say, yeah, there's leaks. I mean, I know you could probably see it. Americans would never admit to that kind of thing on air. Yeah. Yeah, here they are doing their little kikis. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's after this? What comes after? I Let's hear the... a couple of quotes of the people who were excited to be in that cake line, huh? Okay. Here we go. Y'all set and cue. We have some good times here in this Kaido. Being a Kaido dancer is wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> Okay, what am I going to say? It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> We're just bringing a little bit of the town of Coburg to Skydome. Hi, Coburg. Yeah. All right. You all right. Mr. Rowland taught me how to move in this Skydome course. However, I still didn't lose my accent. <laughs> just such I told nice you, my favorite, kinds, my favorite kinds of interviews. Now, I have a f- my wife is friends. Um... One of her friends was or when Tampa opened their own dome, they had a celebration. Mm. And I don't know if it was retractable or what, but 
And uh, her, she, um, my wife's friend auditioned and got to be one of the people who, who danced on oh. the field. And they danced to the theme song to Golden Girls. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> How'd it go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. We, 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 we didn't pry. <laughs> Uh, Well, as you may remember, after that, Alan Thicke goes out and he does a monologue. He tells a bunch of zingers. Um, Alan Thicke just thinks he's a stitch, doesn't he? When you see him hosting a Disney parade or or doing this kind of thing. You know what? Don't you have to be that way? I mean, I don't want to. I like the guy. I like the freaking guy. I don't necessarily. I'm not like rolling in my. What do you like about him? Computer chair. I'm just saying, I like him. He's just, he's a, he's the Canada's dad. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's probably a scum. I think he's probably you think a scum. So? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Hold on. You can't just say that. You have to know that. I said, I think. Oh, oh, well then that justifies it. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I think he said, there's something about watching him interact with people that just seems, that seems sleazy. Okay. Well, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Watch his interactions with regular human beings in those Disney parades. There's always, there's always a little uh, three glasses in about him. <laughs> so here's here's oh, the material well, well, that Nathan likes. Here, he, he, hold on. And this place is really so <laughs> so expensive. Hold on, I'm not Half saying. Half a billion that. dollars you could have had Gretzky for that. Okay, stop, stop, stop ha, this. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm not saying that I enjoyed the the freaking show. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying that he seems like just a guy, like a I don't know. Here you go. He's not one of your growing here, pains. Here's him quoted on Bill Cosby's sexual assault scandal. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm sure is a quote. I'm sure Bill must have been a bad boy. <laughs> well, if that doesn't uh, clear his name, I don't know what will. He says, I think the issue will be to what degree. A bit of a scamp, that Cosby. Um, I don't know why they asked him. I mean, I guess, it's, I, I don't know why anyone. They were both on shows in the 80s. <laughs> they were both TV dads. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I can't believe that you don't remember the the thing after you were done laughing at Alan Thicke was the Golden Helmet Motorcycle Precision Team comes out, of course. Okay. And these are these are just cops, right? <laughs> yeah, those are these, these are just cops. These are cops <laughs> driving their motorcycles in precision. And do they um do they have the same history that our cops have? <laughs> you would think it would be a little gentler, right? I I don't know. I can't speak on um, okay. the ACAB of uh, Toronto cops. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will say this. They definitely have the mustaches mm. that American cops do. There's a lot of big old push broom mustaches in this special. Okay. Okay. What do you mean okay? You watched it. <laughs> you don't agree? I just 
I'm saying I'm still uh, I'm still thinking about whether or not having a mustache um, makes you a white supremacist. <laughs> oh, it makes you a cop in the '80s. Okay, okay. And also, apparently, most of the other men in the '80s as well. Right. That's what I mean. Is this just a common thread across all of humanity? <laughs> It's very funny because I, I looked back on some pictures from when I was a child in the 80s and a lot of our family friends, a lot of the men do have big old caterpillars on their lips and every single one of them is clean shaven now. Mm. Well, and you are the one most likely to have a mustache now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was voted that in high school. <laughs> Most likely do have a mustache. All right, Nathan, you ready to rock? The motorcycles are gone. No, Finally. No more Ugh. cop talk. Thank you. Pro propaganda. <laughs> so who do we who do we have next? Who do we have bringing the heat? This is this is my question to you as you so kindly told me that he would be leading this one. Well, do you remember, who is who is the one rock band on this show, Nathan? Oh, Glass Tiger. Don't forget me when I'm gone. And they did not play that one. They no, they did not. One. <laughs> they played their other hit. Yes, exactly. they played a I'm Still Searching. Yeah, which was good. I like Glass Tiger. I like that This is acoustic. the music that you... Yeah. Yep. This is some real youth rally music if I've ever heard it. Oh, love it. I will rally it up. This would also be good in a montage of people looking at a Ferris wheel. Oh. I've often hummed this song while I <laughs> look at the fair. Uh, I'll tell you... I started writing exclamation points after all of the points of uh, what act was coming up next because everyone on this show looks so happy to be performing, not even to be mm -hmm. there. They're just they're so excited that they get to sing for people. Well, do you think that for for a lot of these performers, this is the biggest audience they've ever had? Without question. Oh, yeah. I mean, Canada has laws in the book saying if you do a production here, it has to be X amount of Canadians working in it. All television has to be uh, a higher percentage of Canadian music or shows than American shows or other shows from around the world. But it does not uh, leak the other way very often. So I'm sure that, that they got to like perform for this global audience. This was their the highlight of their career. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Glass Tiger is that. <laughs> is that was that Canada's biggest band at the time? If it was, I mean, I imagine Rush was still like more oh, known yeah. or whatever. But th this is the kind of rock band that you yeah, could yeah. have at any political rally. You know, you're like, oh sure, <laughs> yeah. like this, this, all this stuff could be played at a, a Reagan's inaugural. And they'd be okay with it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this performance. I liked all of the people on stage dancing to their own music. They <laughs> really enjoyed this music. Like, this music's fun. I wish there was a revival of this sound of music in, in modern 
80s revival bands, but no, we'll have to get through all the synth first, I guess. Oh, so you feel this is just the uh, first or second wave of people doing? So there was the darkness doesn't count for you because that's too heavy. Yeah, no, that's yeah, right. That's that's okay. too heavy. I so mean, that is the closest to this, um, but it is too heavy. So there was that wave a little bit, and now there's been synth wave. So now you're waiting for the like happy rock from the eighties, <laughs> adult pop rock. <laughs> Great. But I bet you're not waiting for it to come back as much as the music that's in our next segment. And in my notes for this next segment, I have noted Nathan's music. And this last week, Canadians <laughs> everywhere have been losing weight. We're now down to eight provinces. And if you think we're, this is a salute to fitness. Mm. Let's skip to the, the stop talk. And, and this is here we go. Second. Here we go. Okay. This music is all you. Oh, because it's Epcot. Yeah. Yes, this is. I I thought to myself plenty of times during this. Um, I was just waiting to be ushered into a a, a, a moving vehicle. <laughs> uh, now this is ten minutes of people walking around with hula hoops and um jumping around and then there is a gentleman who is a uh, semi-famous paraplegic athlete they make him like take his wheelchair around the entire place and then gotta have him you know mm. those woke eight, the woke 80s <laughs> and then, uh, martial artists come out <laughs> love it uh, and it's all ended by people rappelling from the ceiling in one of our what oh, we yeah. describe as our sweaty palmed moments watching these men descend from the rafters of this place that gets the biggest pop from the audience so far is watching these men descend now I know I, I brave brave men brave brave men <laughs> um now, I, I know that I have to fill you in on, on the order of these things, but I do want to know your take on the next performer first because we're going to be getting into a man named Andre-Philippe Genton, who is a Impressionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is an Impressionist. Uh, no, I didn't say he's a comedian. He nope. is an Impressionist. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Tell me uh, your feelings on Andre. <sighs> Andre. Um, this really felt like the cruise performer section of the show. Um, his impressions were how you say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> They they were fine. They were fine. They were, you know, I I understood who he was doing, except when it was a Canadian, deep Canadian cut. <laughs> Otherwise, he did the things. Uh, there is one part of the show that is fun, and it's at the end, um, and it includes someone we've just mentioned. But other than that, it is... Um, 
you know, it's an 80s comedy show. <laughs> so he comes out, he's in a, uh, you know, the traditional blazer and button shirt. He looks like if uh, Ron John Bon Jovi had a accountant brother with shorter <laughs> hair. Um, he is very French-Canadian, as you can tell from this clip. You have a scoreboard. You have seats. You have seats here, too. Everything's new, and it smells brand new. But there's something missing. Something that old buildings Sounds like have. he's doing an Alan Thick impression. Ghosts. Like the Phantom of the Oprah. Yes, he, he is saying how this stadium contains a bunch of ghosts. That's his open. It's a good thing that nobody died in the construction of this building. So like, I'm doing an impression of Daryl who fell to his death. <laughs> so his impressions are. <laughs> yeah. Sure. There, um, he's doing um, Johnny Cash. <laughs> Here's who he A does of jo- the impressions of Elvis, Louis uh-huh. Armstrong, yeah. Roy Orbison, uh, yep. the Prime Minister. That gets a big laugh. Oh, yeah. Political. Uh, the Guess Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, on- Andre Young. A kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> and then- yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears. Not the great, not the great gazoo. No. <laughs> He does a, an actual kazoo. A kazoo. It's a pretty good kazoo. <laughs> so that was his Elvis, which uh, I will say sounds a lot like his Roy Orbison, because <laughs> uh, Elvis was kind of always wanting to sing like Roy Orbison, so it's not that far of a walk. Yeah. Um, I, I know they don't have this crowd probably as well mic'd as they should, but it's a little eerily quiet during his performance. Yeah. <laughs> Until he imitates David Clayton Thomas, whose name I had to write down, who was in Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And then the real guy comes on stage and sings with him. Oh, that's right. For some reason, I thought it was someone else. That's right. I forgot it's that guy. Oh, and you, you know think what? It was? He's, for some reason, I was thinking it was the Rush guy, but I forgot that it is Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And he's doing the voice. He's doing it well. That's I mean, a good they, impression. They sound like each other. Yes. Yeah, they yes. sound like each other. And that's fun. I thought that was fun. That's always fun to see that um, as lame as this all can be, that is really the funnest way to do it is to do it in front of the person you're doing. Oh, yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like how we all fell in love with Janet Reno when Janet Reno came out. Well, Farrell was breaking through walls. Yeah. <laughs> Now we've come halfway through this two-hour performance, and it is about time for the big middle-of-the-show event, uh, which is first we show Michael Allen, who is the guy who designed this retractable dome. He shows him in the model of how it's all going to work. And when I saw this model, I was saying to myself, oh my God, (laughs) this is so complex and it looks like it would be so easy for it to not work i know i just i i would not have if you had paid me a million dollars i would not have guessed that that's how it would work absolutely not so it's not like it's too 
sides of a bowl splitting in the middle. The way this dome works is it looks like if you have three nesting bowls cut in half as a roof. And the first two biggest bowls slide off to the side within each other. And then the third piece of the bowl that's on the opposite end is on like a railroad track and it goes 360 degrees or one, sorry, yeah, well, eventually 360. It goes 180 degrees and nests into the other two uh, sides of the dome they have retracted. So then you have an open stadium. Um, and it's not even, so then that means that part of the stadium is still covered. At all times. Right. It's never completely open. There's like a little quarter of it that's always going to be covered. That's why I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, just like I'm thinking you open the, you slide the whole thing off and it's off to the side and now the whole thing's open. I I think physically there's probably just no way to do that. That would mean that there would be two massive gutters on either side that contained the dome that went all the way down to the sides of the building. Okay. Or are you thinking it's like a convertible car and it's like a, a tent? Like it's a big piece of canvas. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just kind of go back. Just, you got to get out. Like some guy just gets out in the morning. He takes off the top and he just like <laughs> slowly rolls it back into his... <laughs> He pops all the little buttons off of the side. Yeah. So um, a, a political official, David Peterson, goes into the middle of the dome and he has a laser pointer and he goes, all right, let's open up the dome. And the dome <laughs> starts its slow glacial opening. And as it's opening, the rain is pouring down <laughs> onto this field and onto the people in the stands. And... <laughs> <laughs> they they say in the announcement, oh, we weren't sure if they were actually going to open the dome because there's a lightning storm outside. <laughs> um, so we go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break, and it's a brief just like update, and they go, oh, you probably uh, hear some booze behind me. It's because they just announced we're actually going to close the Sky Dome <laughs> because there's a lightning storm outside. Goes to commercial. We come back. It's more open than before because <laughs> never mind. They decided we are going to open it. <laughs> I don't know if that is because somebody in a high place said, oh, no, we are opening this thing. We are going to open this dome. I also have a suspicion that because this whole thing is literally controlled by pushing a joystick in one direction, I wonder if once this thing starts, you can't exactly immediately get it back closed because they probably didn't plan like, for that. Why would they? <laughs> so the audience... I think they said that um, eventually it would not be controlled by a joystick. You would push a button, it would be automatic, but for the for the, the since it was still so early in all the process, they needed the joysticks. Okay, to do the to do it. Okay. <laughs> um. So people in the audience are breaking out umbrellas. They are starting to like slowly uh, disappear from the areas where the dome is opened because it's just <laughs> pouring water down onto them. Yeah, um, the stadium starts to go at an angle as one side gets heavier <laughs> like a ship everyone's running underneath <laughs> the, the cover 
<laughs> they bring out uh, jazz pianist Oscar Peterson, who is gamely playing in this downpour. And then they bring out all of the people who worked on the Sky Dome, including my favorite guy who worked on Sky Dome, which was a kind of dumpy white guy who takes off his shirt and has yep. has had somebody very carefully paint the entire Sky Dome on his back. Yes. And you can see the I, guy in front of him trying to get him to put his shirt back on. <laughs> so the jazz pianist guy, it did not sound like what he was playing that he could actually hear the track. Nathan, this is one of those things where I go, I don't know anything about modern jazz piano. <laughs> this is the sort of thing I'm- that jazz fans hear it and they're like, oh, it's so dissonant and not in time with the rest of the music. <laughs> it's genius. I know, I was thinking, like I pictured him on stage, like doing it and looking at someone going, <laughs> just kidding, you know? <laughs> um, but then, okay. So then, yeah, the, I, this is one of my favorite parts is all of these freaking union freaking guys just <laughs> coming in like <clears throat> pr- union proud. Everyone's got their union signs. I'm like, Man, what a time in life when people liked unions. And I'm sure in Canada that is still true to this day. Probably more than here. But then they reveal the real hero of this whole this whole event, which is, of course, the official mascot of the Sky Dome is a little turtle named Domer. Domer the turtle. Domer. The inflatable <laughs> Domer gets a enormous applause break from the crowd. They all have domer fever, this little green turtle with a yellow and blue shell. Um, All the kids in the audience are waving their domer puppets around. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you, if you look up domer um, and you have sky sky dome fever, uh, if you want to buy a domer for yourself today, they are very affordable on eBay. You can pick one up for $5. Mm, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a bunch lined up behind you right now. Mm-hmm. Domer fever. <laughs> um, the night continues. We have uh, Dave Thomas, also from SCTV, in the booth, uh, being pimped into doing a Bob Hope impression. <laughs> he, he starts screaming about how he's on the Jumbotron and he's a big person. And he's going to eat everybody. And he dome. does that not once. But multiple times, as if no one heard him the first time. <laughs> and it's fine. It's uh, well, kind of funny. Where, but <laughs> I like I'll him. tell you, you know, he's once, a funny guy. <laughs> once he's a very funny guy, but once the yes. rain starts pouring to this thing, you feel this thing going off the rails. Like just the <laughs> energy starts getting very no weird. Everybody. <laughs> Starts looking a little frantic behind the eyes. They bring out a woman, Teresa Pitt, who was in a production of Cats, and she oh. sings memories, not memories from Cats. She sings memories in the corners of my mind, but then it segues, and it is memories from Cats, <laughs> and then it segues <laughs> back again into the memories in the corners of my mind. <laughs> I okay, guess- well, I- there's yeah. no way I would have known this at all. I just, I hated it the entire time. So 
<laughs> it's also, I'm guessing they did that because if she just sang Memories from Cats, uh, if you're not sure what song that is, it's the one song that's not about being a cat. It's the one they tacked in to make okay. like a big barnstormer number in the middle of it. But the, the song is about being old and being ready to die and thinking back on when you were young and happy. So it's not <laughs> the most crowd pleasing of numbers for a big yeah. stadium show. <laughs> um, then they make another announcement that they are going to close the dome. <laughs> so they start trying to close it again. <laughs> this is just... However, make up your minds. However, <laughs> as they're trying to close it, they bring in the hundreds of people in the salute to the people of Canada, all the nationalities, and all the nationalities are doing their folk dances very, mm -hmm. very carefully. <laughs> because you can see people just wiping out in the back rows, like falling down there. I think they're all supposed <laughs> to run up those ramps. Like three of them run up the ramps because the rest of them are scared too. So they're just kind of slowly bopping around on the ground to do this 15 minute long number. Uh, yeah, it now looks like Lake Erie in this place. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's soaked. They're sliding down the ramps. They're just trying to get out of there. There's people on roller skates, which really scared me. <laughs> um, now it is time for, oh, oh, hold on. There is one segment after this seemingly endless salute to all nations, which is they ask some people on the street what their opinion of Sky Dome is. If they think it's going to be a success or a tragedy. And all the answers are great, and so we're going to listen to them now. <laughs> what people thought of the Sky Dome, this of course before the rains came, but one thing we learned, everyone has an opinion about this structure. Sky yeah, Dome is you fantastic. <sighs> what? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Everyone has, he said, one thing we learned is everyone has an opinion about Sky Dome. Well, does that mean that like if they wouldn't have learned that, that they would have talked to someone like tons of people and they would have been like, I have no opinion on this. Stop asking me. <laughs> I will also say there has to be somebody who says I have no opinion. <laughs> yes. That was very smart indeed. And speaking of people, earlier we took our cameras Sorry, out into the streets of Toronto exactly. to find out what people thought of the Sky Dome. This, of course, before the rains came. But one thing we learned, everyone has an opinion about this structure. Sky Dome is fantastic. I love it. It's going to be good for business and it's going to be good for uh, tourists, for everything, like, you know. We're from Nova Scotia and we just think it's fantastic. I think Canadians should be proud of it. Big deal! <laughs> I think it's an overpriced playground. Well, we were wondering if it was open because you wanted to water the grass. Well, I think it has pluses and it has minuses. The domain is your number one in the world. Now, the guy who, who said that last quote is a elderly clown on stilts dressed in gold and he has painted uh, his giant mustache white as well. Number one. It's, uh, I think it's a little good. It's worth every penny that they put into it. And I hope they get it all back. Another white elephant <laughs> for Canada. <laughs> I hope the yuppies are paying for it. Skyo, it's a great idea. Yes. It's great. This is totally amazing. Well, I think it's in the wrong place. I can see both sides of the issue. I never seen it. <laughs> you think the, uh, the room's going to work? Right. 
The roof. Well, I hope it works. I can see both sides of the issue. We have not been presented any sides. I guess the issue is build it or don't build it. The thing is, with this kind of structure, every time this sort of thing is proposed, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter how costly it gets because you get to a certain point where you can't just say, well, I mean, we spent almost a billion, but come on, who are we kidding? Like, you (laughs) have to push it forward no matter how terrible of an idea this is. And speaking of ideas, if you thought that 10-minute long opening number was something to get through, well, we have a little number for you called Open Up. Well, now, time to let the celebration begin. Open up the dome and let the people come in. People come in. So celebrating the opening of Sky Dome, Miss Liberty Silver. Now this song goes. All right, so uh, you—that's how this song sounds. Uh, there's also a problem with this lifting platform, so she is slowly, slowly, slowly coming up into the stage from this uh, uh, rising platform, and they both have giant umbrellas. Okay, so that goes on for five minutes, and the song doesn't change. It's like Small World. It's like being on the ride, Small World. By the end of this thing, you are simultaneously in love with the song, and also like out of your mind hating it. This is a almost twenty-minute-long performance of <laughs> and that there's no- song. There's no changes. No. It's open up. Open up. The only changes that start happening are when they start driving celebrities into the stage area. Um, They start driving celebrities in cars going normal speed right past all of these dancers in the rain, which made me very nervous as well. Uh, the, The celebrities are in open top cars. And they have lyrics for every single one of them who comes in. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He served our needs. Let's have a big hand for Fred Beavis, please. The boxing ring was his domain. George Chevallo brought Canada fame. Open up that door. Open that door. He's a singer and a key on a Mihai name. Lordy Tap, we're glad you came. Open up that door and people come in. Open up. Open up. Time to let uh, the okay. celebration begin. Now, after <laughs> 20 minutes of that, are we done? <laughs> nope. Here come the skydivers. That's right. <laughs> the rainbow skydiving team is descending in the middle of a lightning storm. storm. <laughs> and miraculously, uh, I don't know how they do it. They have these tiny little landing areas for them. And these guys stick the landing splashing yes. through one of the, one or two of them kind of slide a little bit, but all the people who are there to uh, make sure they land. Okay. Look so relieved. <laughs> like they and all grab up. them and start hugging them. Like and they were so afraid. <laughs> Open up the dome and let the people come in. So like she's like 
kind of like an R&B singer. Mm. And he's like a like a like a um Song of the South <laughs> song singer, you know, like That's uh, how he wanted to be known. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like uh like you know like um super or uh, freaking uh, zippity doo dah kind of singer. That, that that song in the south. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to say like like I guess like a New Orleans like I guess that's what I what I really sure, like what I a Doctor John style. Yeah, thing. yeah, yes, sure. That's really what I mean is New Orleans. <laughs> He's a zippity doo dah, <laughs> right? <laughs> open up the door and let open up the door and let the people open come up in. The door, let the people come in. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about when Dr. John was on this latest uh, season of Top Chef and how weird it was? No. They have uh, – it's. I guess it's the second to the last because it was the New Orleans one. And you know how sometimes at the beginning of the show they will have a celebrity who is in no way a cook, but they'll have them like be on the tasting team or whatever. Okay. They have Dr. John there. Dr. John is in his late 70s, I'm going to say, still dressed like um, – like a voodoo, Dr. Teeth? Like a, yeah, something. like a voodoo doll, just like <laughs> necklaces piled all over him in a giant hat. This man uh, <laughs> needed no rehearsal and definitely gave no rehearsal because he goes, Dr. John, is there anything you want to see from the cooking today? He goes, well, you got to go in there. You got to make a hip with dip. And I want to see it how. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> A hit with a dip, and I want to see it out. <laughs> okay, you heard. <laughs> I hope someone made some gumbo. Uh, I don't remember what they made. I will say I have never seen a person not react to tasting food more. <laughs> um. Okay, so the skydiving team. Now it is just um, like a very clean positive style of the footage from uh, Woodstock 94 where it's just utter chaos people are sliding around everyone's um has that sort of exhausted energy to them and and but that that concludes is just this sort of like orgy of water yes you can tell that everyone though that this little this little stanza of music, whatever, it, whatever you'd call it, is hitting all the right notes for the people in the on on the ground because they are just to the end. Everyone is <laughs> hands out and they're just going, going, and singing the lyrics and everyone. No one is not having a freaking blast all twenty minutes of this, or at least they're all in it together. And they're all just, um, <laughs> you know, sending positivity rays. That's what I mean about this being, it could only be in Canada. This could never be in America. It wouldn't be celebrities just gamely smiling and actually like, huh, what are you going to do, right? At least we have fun. Nobody looks secretly <laughs> angry who's on this stage, which I, I appreciated. You don't think they'd have like Dr. Dre coming in on on a uh, six in a six foe Impala. <laughs> uh, so that was the end of the celebration. Um, but the 
The rain clouds didn't stop there because <laughs> Skydome had cost so much money. Um, when they reviewed the whole construction in 1990 and they revealed the debt that they were in from the construction, they found that the dome would have to be booked 600 days a year to turn a profit, which oh. is twice as many days as there are in an actual year. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. In the first year, they made $17 million and the uh, operation cost was $40 million. Um, they just started losing more and more money. Uh, then it got bought out, and it is now called the Rogers Center. Very romantic name. Uh, the the thing it's kind of the the gift that it gave people is apparently because there are hotels that are right next to the dome when it was opened, um, and they didn't quite realize it is that a lot of modern hotels. If they have uh, hotel rooms next to another tall feature or a public feature, they will make the outward-facing windows one way. Not the hotels next to Sky Dome. And so a lot of these hotels started being known as sex dome rooms. <laughs> um, because many times if you looked up into the hotel rooms while you're watching the game, you could see people having sexual intercourse in the <laughs> hotel rooms. Wait, what kind of intercourse? In fact, there's several instances of, uh, it says when Skydome first opened, uh, it, uh, a couple engaging in sexual intercourse was televised onto the scoreboard Jumbotron during a baseball game. <laughs> Thanks to the illumination from the stadium lighting shining into the room's dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Days later, a man was caught masturbating during a game in full view of packed stands. The man, later tracked down by a Sports Illustrated reporter, calmly said, I thought there were one-way windows. <laughs> How did the Sports so, Illustrated guy, so, did he like burst into the hotel lobby what? and like, okay, uh, uh, which window? <laughs> I know. Sir, sir! <laughs> so that's why drained. I'm not... I just like, he's like... Look, I thought they were one-way windows. That's why I'm not weird. (laughs) (laughs) Patrons now have to sign contracts stipulating they will not perform any lewd acts within view of the stadium. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's totally enforceable. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Wink. We promise. (laughs) Nurse crossed. (laughs) So, yes, uh, Skydome lives on still thanks to the uh, Rogers Communications people. (laughs) uh, It's home to the Toronto Blue Jays, or as in the cartoon I sent you that was given to children when this opened up, uh, the Skydome was home to the BJs and Domer, to... Of the lewd sex acts that you cannot perform when you are staying in one of the hotels near the Rogers Center. Dober. Uh, I hardly know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so I highly recommend that you check out the opening and closing of this event as they are really sights to behold. Do you agree? Sure. I agree. And also the Glass Tiger performance. 
You always encourage people to go to their local library and check out the history of Glass Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's very um, digestible. <laughs> A rave. Um, and what else do you encourage people to do? I encourage people to go to networkspecialpodcast.com to listen to the show uh, there. You can subscribe at all your favorite places. Um, and we have um, lots of social media. You can find that there as well. And uh, yeah, please rate and review on those same services, um, which helps us. And um, we love you. And everybody, you got to check out, Nathan has been a real little beast on the Instagram. If you want to see a picture of Domer strutting his stuff with Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you can see it there. And Two of red course, dudes. Uh, as always, check out the music of Glass Tiger. <laughs> Don't forget me when I'm gone. I'm still searching for something better. I'm still looking for someone. But I'm calling Bye.